This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. Hello and welcome to episode 99 of Talking Dirty. I think there's going to be a certain festive air to this one. Over at East Ruston Old Vicarage, looking or kind of popping in pink and also wearing a certain apron, we have Alan Edward Herbert Gray, our happy and very handsome horticulturalist. <laughs> and in an array of Christmas colours, we have over in Cambridge, Thordis, Sophia Maria Fredrickson, who is glowing, absolutely glowing on this drizzly, mizzly day. Because I'm so warm. <laughs> Christmas jumper for the Christmas episode might have been perhaps a bad idea indoors. But the reason is we have the King of Christmas himself, the frustrated gardener, I think returning for his fourth appearance, Dan Cooper. Have we ever talked about your middle name? <laughs> No, we've never talked about my middle name. No, it's... All um, appearances it's taken me to ask you. <laughs> I think I'm slightly squeamish about it. It's Brian, <laughs> but with a Y. That's the only sort of good thing about it, that it's not, you know, the normal spelling. But uh, yes, Brian. There we go. What well, I think it's quite nice. That? He was a snail, wasn't he, in Magic Roundabout? <laughs> <laughs> Well, wasn't there a Herbert toy or something? Wasn't it a car or something? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah so none, none of your younger audience are going to have a clue what we're talking about now. <laughs> well, you know, it's a snail. I think that works in really well with a horticultural yes. podcast. Yes. Um, now, we have got lots to talk about, lots of plants on the way, but we did want to have a little bit of a Christmassy episode. I think all people present on this podcast adore Christmas. And you've got you've got a tree behind you, but you actually have a tree in kind of every room of your house when you get fully in the, the flow of things, Dan. Yes, this is this was specially for you, this tree, because we, we did one at a similar time last year and you had a Christmas jumper on and I had no semblance of Christmas around me. So I put it up and uh, still to be decorated, but I quite like it with just the twinkly lights on it. Yeah, nice. And we we have got sunshine today. I mean, the contrast with yesterday is um, is extreme because it was wild yesterday here. Right. Do your weather forecast. Let's come up the country, Thordis. You do yours next. <laughs> Mine was just sheets of rain all day and dropping. What about today? Oh no, today just grey, just grey. Today it's grey and it's drizzling here. I can see out the window. It's drizzling and. Um, I'm very envious of, you, of your sunshine, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> yes, how long it will last, I don't know. But <laughs> um, it, we, we, I, I feel like in the last week I might have developed trench foot. So, um, <laughs> and I, I was looking on Instagram yesterday and noticed how many people were uh, discussing how difficult it was to get all their bulbs planted in this weather. So. Um, quite trying and and looking back at, at l the last podcast we did at this time last year it was very calm and very dry so mm. really big contrast to last November and actually all of this wet nasty weather you've been out on the road you've been hitting all the Christmas fairs selling yes, your I wares have. getting in the in the festive spirit now you've been extremely busy Dan yes I don't know whether I'm coming or going at the moment but it's nice it's lovely meeting people I think everyone is a little bit over um, 
doing all their shopping on the internet and likes to actually go and you know see things touch things buy things so it's feeling the quality dan it really is hmm. i'm wearing my dan cooper gardening apron which i bought um shortly after the launch date if you i don't know whether you can remember when that was april that was alan well i've i've worn it virtually every day since i've not washed it it's wonderful it's fabulous quality it's durable and I feel naked without it to be quite. <laughs> it's, you know, I get up, get dressed, have my breakfast. On goes the apron. It's there for the rest of the day. Brilliant. So I, I can only say that, um, you know, it. what you just said about going out and meeting people. And I wanted to say and feel the quality because that's what this is. It's just yeah. the most wonderful quality. So thank you, Dan. It's become oh, the um, it's like the uniform for the podcast because actually I've got one as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't wear mine today. <laughs> I'm overheating in the jumper, so probably not uh, not wise to wear it as well. But here it is. It just goes to show they make wonderful presents for people because I get that to thought it's for her birthday. <laughs> And it was very exciting to open it. Do you want to talk gifts first or plants first? Do you want to yes. give the plants Ooh. a chance to, to dry off? No. <laughs> I don't mind. Which order would you like to do it in? Let's do a few plants, then the gifts, and then finish with some plants again. Oh, yeah. oh. okay. Keep Good plants coming. idea. Right. So, as usual, I've got a sort of a bucket of, of clippings. Um and as I just said, the weather was absolutely appalling yesterday. So everything that I was going to go out and collect from the garden this morning looks a little bit tired. But let's start with this one. So I've been very happy with this. I'm I'm sure Alan must. Oh, look, it's a bit long for the screen, isn't it? I'm sure Alan must have this somewhere yeah. in a beautiful garden. Um, it's Ceteria palmifolia, which is the palm uh, grass. And... Um, the reason I picked this out is because, oh, it's got a little tiny baby snail on there. Look, <laughs> they get everywhere. It's that I, I've been growing this in a pot in my in my courtyard garden, which is quite shady. And it has been phenomenal this year. I think it's really enjoyed the heat. And of course, and it has also flowered. And the tallest stems are about a metre and a half tall, which is, which is quite good for this. Um, but I think the nicest thing about this um particular grass is these very very um pleated leaves which are are just beautiful even if even if it never gets to the flowering stage they're a bit they're a bit boring really um but i, I suppose it's just a really good i found it really good growing in a pot and it yeah. makes it easy i had two big pots of it outside my front door all summer ah, i've just yeah. put them under cover actually but i mean they they have they have done really really well and in actual fact, I agree with you that flowers are slightly boring, and I think it spoils it when it gets goes up to flower because mm. it makes this fantastic dome shape and these pleated ribbed flowers uh, leaves when they're coming down. It's just like a fountain of gorgeousness. It really is yeah. an exotic, well, lovely, I suppose. It is very, very lovely, and they're quite soft. They're not harsh at all, and um, yes, I agree. It's sort of once it starts opening out to flower, it's nowhere near as exciting. It's one of those plants that commands attention, Dan, isn't it? I don't know whether you've noticed this, but people go past and they look at it and then they go back and have another look. And they don't know why. I don't know why, because it's just a green leaf, but it's the way the plant presents itself. Yes, it's very elegant, isn't it? And yeah. a, a little bit unexpected. I, I guess a lot of people think, oh, what's that? Is it a palm? Is it a grass? Is it, you know, yeah. it's unusual. 
But um, been very happy with that. And it's just about still standing. But as Alan says, it's not really hardy. So it has to come in um, over the winter, but not difficult to look after over the winter at all. Um, for people that want to know more about it, I grew from seed this last year and the seedlings, I sowed it quite early under under un, under heat, with heat under heated glass. Um, and the seedlings, by the end of the season, they filled a three litre pot. Wow. Um, so they had grown that well. But I think probably that was enhanced, as you said, by the heat this summer. They loved it. The heat, nice long growing season. And mm. I, I expect, like many tropical plants, you know, they grow very, very rapidly, don't they? And yeah. um, so if the conditions are right, it's great. Um, my next one is another grass. And um, this is because of, um, I grow this one because of Steve Edney, because he had it at the salutation with... Um, with cannas in front of it, and it is Miscanthus cosmopolitan. As you know, I don't really have very much soil, but the one little tiny patch I have, which is about a metre squared, this grows in. And um, it's up against the house, and it's one of those grasses that sort of looks good all the time, but it, unlike the um, Ceteria, I really, really like these um, sort of tasselly flowers, which once you get a big clump of them get more and more impressive because they all tend to point in one direction like that. Have you ever picked the flowers and brought them inside? Well, only to, uh, only today. And I was just thinking as I was out there, the only two people in the world that I would go out in the garden and cut all my best bits of plant off for are the two of you. <laughs> I was just thinking, I wouldn't, why am I doing this? I wouldn't do it for anything else. Um well, but, the, the one but, thing about about miscanthus is sometimes if you if if they're if the flowers are full enough, they will open inside, and you suddenly find these little puffs of fluff drifting everywhere. Yes, so that's I, where you need a can of Elnet. I've got <laughs> that with um, I've got one called Red Chief, and I do sometimes bring that indoors, and that does puff out very quickly yeah. as soon as it gets in the warm and dry. I think this one is just starting to puff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably because it's been in for an hour or two now, and it's probably very happy to be out um, of the horrid weather. So, but I, it is an amazing grass. Definitely back of a border thing, though. So it's a good two meters high. I'm that, probably... that that one, as you say, is cosmopolitan. But she has a sister, right? And the sister is called Cabaret. Oh. But Cabaret has the reverse variegation. Okay, so, if you, so it's if you yellow see, on the inside. You've got a stripe down the middle and, and, and white cream sides to the leaf. Cabaret has cream middle to the leaf and green sides to the leaf. Oh, that sounds nice. And where do you, what do you partner that with, Alan? Um, uh, the usual sort of tropical things, really. Cannas and, well, in actual fact, I have a, a clump of this in the middle of a shady border. Um, and I've got roses around it. Um, what else have I got around it? Well, all sorts of just perennials, really. Mm. And I'll tell you what else. It, it, it has a ribbon of um, Alstromeria Indian summer going through it as well. Um, you smiled. Yes, Good because I've got, that's what I've got underneath mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Great got mind. flowers on it now, but they're yeah. looking a bit, they're looking a bit... Um, Windblown. Washed out. <laughs> so I didn't bring that in. No, you're right, actually. Alstromerias do that. They get... They they lose their depth of colour in the cooler weather and the, and the shorter days. I think. Yes. My, my last big bunch that I picked last Friday was natural fact um, a white Elstromeria and and the blue um, Ageratum, blue Ageratum oh. petiolatum, the very tall one, and that would be my last big bunch of colour. I think. 
I saw your picture of that. That's really beautiful. That oh, you have seen it. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. And talking yeah. of pictures, that uh, Miscanthus, I have seen coming into shot on your Instagram, and uh, it, it is one of those showstoppers. You see it, and you think, "Oh, which grass yeah. is that?" It just even though there's loads going on around it, kind of steals the show. Yeah, it's like a firework going off, isn't it? Really, and um, but I think just you know, again, people with small gardens, it, it does stay very upright, um, so it doesn't take up a lot of space, and then. Just when everything else is flagging, it comes and does its thing. So well worth, you know, you shouldn't always think small when you're gardening in a small garden because otherwise everything just looks really, I don't know. Like, yeah, not right. (laughs) That's that. Now, this was looking terrific yesterday. And um, I uh, this is is Fuchsia Fulgens. And it's looking a little bit scorched. There's one one flower there that's looking as it should, um, which is very beautiful. They're like such very elegant earrings. And you can see the size of the leaves. So this is, um, it's quite a soft leaved uh, fuchsia. It grows in a pot about, about a metre tall. And um, it all, it takes a long time to start flowering. So it is normally sort of October, November for me that it actually really gets going um but it's very welcome at that time of course mm, uh, I agree. and you uh, once once it gets sort of too tatty you can just cut it right down I'm very mean to it I just cut it right down put the pots um into the garage with no light and then they very obediently sprout back into life again in April or May, they don't really need any light over the winter, but um, and it's very easy to grow from cuttings as well. So I love it. It looks almost jungly, jungle-like with those leaves, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, just I look at the size of those leaves; they're quite. Fantastic. They are big. Yeah. I don't. Uh, it's interesting because we have three different future Bolivianas in the garden, and they're very hit and miss as to whether they flower. It might just be how I'm growing them, but this is never hit and miss. There's always yeah. flowers. And, and you know, it's such, yes, such an exotic colouring. I love the lime and coral combination. The people that listen, Fuchsia coral. Boliviana is, is actually a very large growing fuchsia. I've got Boliviana straightforward, the red flowered one. And we had it in by a pair of gates in the garden this year. And it went, it's in quite tall pots, about, um, I suppose, about 80 centimetre tall the pots are. Yeah. Um, but the fuchsias actually grew up to two and a half metres and they were arching over and they had these huge hanging panicles of this bright red flower. There's also a Boliviana alba, which has red and white flowers, which is equally spectacular, but I don't mind either of them. But if you can get them growing well, they are fantastic. But they're again, yeah. they flower sort of slightly later in the year. Yes, yes. I have seen them looking unbelievable at Walmer Castle they used to have one in a greenhouse and it was unbelievable sort of suckering up from the ground and incredible things but um, I suspect um, it might either be a little bit too shady or maybe just a bit too windy here I don't know but um, that's a good one if you can get hold of it. I think people like me need to get savvier about using things like garages to overwinter plants because if you haven't got a lot of room actually appreciating the things that we, you know, they're going dormant. You can get away with shoving them somewhere where, you know, you'd think, I'm not going to put something in my garage. It's going to be dark and horrible and it's not going to make it through. But actually there are you know, plenty of plants you can get away with it. Yeah. Garages, sheds, um, 
cellars and attics are all sort of slightly overlooked and there are lots of there are lots of plants that don't need light over winter and they don't need particularly much water either so it's the same with all of my gingers they don't get any light or water at all um so yeah use those use those spots because it's um well it's the difference between life and death for some plants and um so long as you know don't do yourself an injury falling out of the loft with a giant <laughs> pot of canners or something then um <laughs> You know, there are some plants, obviously, that do you do have to keep them in the light. Otherwise, they're just going to perish. But um, yes, perfectly all right for a lot of futures. And even some geraniums will be yeah. OK, cut back low like that. Well, a wonderful selection of plants as ever, Dan. And the exciting thing is that's not even the show and tell done. Because <laughs> King of Christmas has come along with with great Christmassy ideas as well. And um and I think actually buying gifts for gardeners, you want a little bit of inspiration because it can seem really obvious. And there are obviously piles of Christmas books, that you know, gardening books that come out before Christmas every year. Yeah, but the only problem is with that is if you're a gardener and you're buying for another garden, you find you want to keep it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it may have happened in the past. <laughs> so I think we all need inspiration, even though we think... We've got, we've kind of got a few ideas. So what would you like to inspire us with, Dan? Well, I've got lots of things. So um, I think I became very aware from the event I did last week that people find it quite hard to buy gifts for gardeners, particularly if they're very keen gardeners. I got a very strong sense that people, you know, they're wary that they might already have something and also aware that that their gardening loved ones have brands and products that they really like and and they don't know how they don't feel that confident sometimes about trying something different um so i i i sent an email out with some some gift ideas because i realized it's quite hard um and i just wanted to show you a few of the things that i think would make nice gifts this christmas one i'm one i'm very excited about this is this is, uh, so I don't know whether we've talked about it before, but um, I have, um, I've got a compost scoop that I've added to my range. This is arriving, I think on Thursday in the warehouse, but so many people have asked me for um, one of these. So it's not a trowel, as you can see. Is it, is it fairly clear? Yeah. It is a, um, it is a scoop. And um, so I would use this for getting compost out of, sacks or out of the compost heap um but also really useful for gravel and for fertilizer and things like that it's got a nice um sharpened edge on it on that side you can see so it, it goes very easily in like that and because it's a nice bowl shape you get a decent amount of stuff in it so when you're filling pots up which can be a bit of a fussy job when you're just using a normal trowel um i think that this is quite a good Tool it to would have. actually make it would actually if you're if you're mixing small amounts of if you're a potting plant and you suddenly get something that wants a little bit more grit in the soil there's your measuring stick so yeah one of compost one of grit or vermic or vermiculite or perlite whatever you want to put in to loosen your compost up I mean yeah. that's brilliant I think yeah. it's absolutely brilliant and tool. also I'm um I'm always sticking my hand into like the bag of grit or gravel and that just annihilates my nails I never you know, yes no <laughs> don't no, no. <laughs> And as you know, I don't really like plastic and I like things that will last. So, yes, there are lots of plastic scoops out there, but this one's going to 
But you Dan, they all have, I've used them. They all have the most uncomfortable handle. Your handle is shaped to put your hand around it. Look at it. Yeah. yeah. And it's got a hanging loop on it as well, it which has. is just so useful. So keep it over your potting bench. <laughs> so then um, I just want to talk about copper tools because... Um, you know, it's a funny thing, isn't it, that we the the human race has been making tools out of bronze for four thousand years, and yet most of the tools we use in the garden aren't made of bronze; they're made of um, steel. But copper, or or the alloy of copper with tin, which is bronze, um, is a brilliant material for tools because it can be uh, made very thin. I don't know if you can see how thin that is; very hard. Um, and unlike steel, soil doesn't cling to it. So the friction coefficient or whatever it's called, I'm not a no scientist, um, is very low. So they, they don't get as grubby. The other thing that happens when you're using copper tools is that you deposit little tiny bits of copper into the soil. And in some soils, particularly light soils, that does help with how moisture retentive it is. And some people believe, although I have no proof or evidence of this, some people believe that it deters slugs and snails as well. Certainly, you're unlikely to find a slug or snail crawling over it. (laughs) Whether whether digging the soil with one um, deters them or not, I don't know. But um, they, I think, as a gift, you know, you might not buy one for yourself, but I think necessarily. Oh yes, you would. I think as a gift, that's rather lovely because it looks nice and sparkly. This is a great little potting um, trowel because it's quite small and neat and it's got a nice sharp uh, end. There's another one that I've got, uh, which is which is much wider and more typically trowel shaped, but um, a nice gift, I think. I had looking. one of those given to me um, about the size of that, but I'm very interested in your bigger, your larger one. But my friend Val bought me one of those probably about six or eight years ago now. And I've used it all. I just It's in my truck with everything else, you know, and I use it all the time. It's an invaluable tool. And you're right about it not clogging up with if you're if you're digging a hole in very damp soil, it doesn't get messy. Yeah. And, and of course, the one thing I should have mentioned, which is the, the, the main benefit of copper, is that copper doesn't go rusty. Exactly. So it, it does develop a patina, which is just a sort of nice sort of, you know mottled brownish color but that, that's not a defect that's just its natural sort of protective oxidized layer on the outside it's very different to rust so um which which would keep on going and eventually eat away at the metal so um so i think that makes a nice gift then i um i picked something out because there's always um you know maybe there's a special occasion or there's a sort of you you really want to impress somebody i don't know so um i was going back to the uh the big leaf trees <laughs> this box is made out of paulonia wood but inside are some very beautiful secateurs and they are um wrapped in rattan made from wisteria um and I just think that for somebody who has got everything, because th- th- these are a very, very lovely gift. Um, and of course, the, rat- the wisteria rattan makes them feel really nice and warm and cosy, and it's a good grip. So quite special, I think, if you've like, got something. Nuwaki was special enough, and then <laughs> <laughs> it went and sort of up the ante with the wisteria 
Um, that is really beautiful, isn't it? They're very beautiful. I've only got two pairs of these because they're in they're in incredibly short supply. You can imagine how long it takes to do that. I wouldn't even want to try. Um, but they're they're great secateurs, like all Niwaki secateurs. They have that very very powerful spring in the middle. I don't know. You probably can't see it very well. Um, and a very good locking catch on the bottom, which means that they don't come apart. So I rather like those. If they don't sell. I shall be using them myself. So. <laughs> and that then must be the best thing about your business is, you know, you've got access to, as long as you don't mind depleting the stock too much, access to all of this wonderful stuff. I've got to be quite careful about that. It's so tempting, isn't it? Just think, oh, I've got one of those. But um, <laughs> at the other end of the budget spectrum, you're feeling a bit, you know, how about the secretary Christmas tree decoration? <laughs> <laughs> They're lovely. Yeah, my friend Jamie bought some of those from you and he put them on Instagram. I don't know whether you saw it, Jamie. I did, I did. Yeah. And many this is this is has been my most popular decoration, funnily enough. Um Well, I have a decoration that you very kindly gave me, which is the wonderful little greenhouse. Oh, I was gonna yes. say the greenhouse is wonderful. The greenhouse. The greenhouse has sold out. Has oh, it? It's, um yeah. But still got some secretaries. So, you know, you can kind of go one end of the spectrum and <laughs> the other, this sort of, yes, but but very cute little, I think, you know, lots of us like to give little token gifts at Christmas, a little uh, thank you. So I just thought that, you know, if someone's been helping you with your garden this year or someone's given you some great advice, that's a, a sweet little thing to give them to say thank you for their support. And, you know, um, we all know now Christmas decorations, they can be festive shrimp, mushrooms, you know, yeah. anything goes. Uh, Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> you do see astronauts, you know, Father Christmas going into space, anything goes. So I think actually gardening, very relevant. And uh, there should be more gardening decorations. But Dan, you specially source these Christmas decorations, I believe, from somewhere like Poland, am I right? Yes, that's right. Yes. So obviously I work in all my years of buying Christmas decorations, I sort of worked out who I'd like to work with in the afterlife. And um <laughs> and this is one of my favorite little factories. It's just um north of Krakow, and um they make very, very intricate decorations. And what's so exciting is that I've got 24 this year but they've they've got hundreds more so next year i can add and subtract and make the range even bigger so wonderful looking forward oh. to that i've already i've already started writing my shopping list for next year's decorations <laughs> so but the the big the the greenhouse has been really popular the conquer massively popular and i've been sending those to canada and america and all sorts so um the enduring appeal of the old-fashioned conquer is incredible now i've got one for you i think that you might need these for this <gasps> Do you know what they are? Is it for cleaning houseplant leaves? It is for oh. cleaning houseplant leaves. This brush, because I think when you first <laughs> launched your range, did you did you not manage to get hold of it or it sold out or something like that? Yes, they, they disappeared very quickly and then it took me a while to get them back again. So they're um they're made of they're they these are you know these are a gift for someone who has everything else, frankly. But um, pear wood, which is rather beautiful, and then this is um, this is very very soft goat hair, 
don't know if you can say, and I, I'm brushing them and I can see the dust which has actually come from my houseplants going into the air. I mean, there are so many complete houseplant enthusiasts out there now. And I, I think that what I would say about these, as well as being quite a unusual Christmas gift, is that they do actually work brilliantly well. So I had my reservations when I first came across them and thought, you know, how easy it would be to tear or snag a plant leaf with these. But actually, they're so soft and they they completely do the trick. So it is a good idea to keep your house plant leaves free of dust because it it yeah. the, the dust will stop them from photosynthesizing as well and as well as making them just look not so attractive. So nice little gift for the person. Who, could you make use of those, do you yes. reckon? Yes, I could. I don't know about Alan, but I um I this is probably embarrassing, but never mind. I say all kinds of things, don't I? Uh, I tend to clean houseplant leaves not as much as I should with a um one of those makeup sponges that I think you're supposed to use for foundation. <laughs> so yes. just because it's got a little pointy bit and I can kind of but even then it's quite easy to damage certain leaves. And obviously it's really time consuming because if you've got lots of these big strappy leaves to deal with, um, that that would save me hours a year so i've i've coveted that since i first saw it in your initial range so that's, <laughs> that's definitely been on the wish list <laughs> so now i'm on to hands next so um first of all so what i've really noticed since it started to get into autumn is the gardening gloves are the thing that everybody wants um but i think we've all experienced rubbish gardening gloves before the ones where you I've no idea what you're touching because they're they're like having boxing gloves on. And then the ones that get wet and then suddenly turn into sort of crisps. I don't know, like these sort of horrible, crispy, nasty things. So um, these are what you need. Um, gold leaf gloves. And these ones are especially for um, gardening in the wet weather. So they have got a waterproof lining and they are so 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 soft and nice to wear most people who pick them up say oh I don't think I could you know I don't think I could bear to wear them they're too lovely but wear them because they are uh well worth uh using and um and very very soft and lovely and and they make a nice gift I think it's you know if you're going to buy somebody something for a Christmas present buy them you know the the best of what they can be and uh and they will love you for it. Do you do you wear gloves, Alan? Are you a glove yes. wearer? You do. Yes, I am. I wear those. Uh, um, my my go to gloves really are machine assembly gloves. Yeah. Um, but they're not very warm. I mean, they're, no. they're and they're not certainly not waterproof. But they do allow me to feel through them a little bit. But at the end of the day, when you're fiddling around in the potage you're taking cuttings, it's bare hands, I'm afraid. Yes. So you need yeah. some hand cream. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Nearly there with that, but I, have, I didn't bring any, I have, there is hand cream, but I didn't bring that. So um, what I find is that, especially having to go from gardening to being sort of semi-presentable, is that getting the muck off my hands so that yeah. I can kind of look good in public. So I have got, um, I've searched high and low for this actually, is a decent hand scrub um Ooh, that will get everything out and a lot of these things are a bit sort of gelatinous and um and unpleasant but this one is really um beautiful it's got lots and lots of um really tough sugar crystals in it which 
manage to get everything out, even when you get those sort of very cracked um, yeah. thumbs with the with the mud ingrained in them. And um, and that has proved to be quite a hit, actually, um, with customers. And there's there's some nice scents as well. There's dog rose, lemon nettle, oak moss, which is my favourite one, and fig, which is also beautiful. So... I think that's quite good. But the thing I sell most of still is tomato scented soap. So um, people who love the scent of tomatoes like this because it's sort of got that enduring, you know, you 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 it's got that nostalgic smell of tomatoes, so you can have it through the, through the whole year. Uh, I find it curious how much people do like a tom- tomato scent. Um, <laughs> But that's that's a really nice little stocking filler, I think, for maybe someone who's a, got an allotment or a greenhouse full of tomatoes. Um, I was so excited my... about the um, the scrubby soap because I never yeah. last very long in gardening gloves. I just um, I start off with them and then I get really irritated and take them off. Exactly. <laughs> I'm exactly the same. I kind of start with them and then I just think, no, it'd be a whole lot easier without. Um, unless, of course, it's like you're doing something you pruning something really yeah. i'm just gonna uh, say winter pruning in the in the, and your gloves those gold uh gold leaf gloves i mean i i i put my name down that's on my wish list <laughs> okay good <laughs> and then um children and gardening i think it's it's a really good time to sort of give kids a gift that will start them getting to, interested in gardening, something that they can look forward to doing in the spring. So I've just got a couple of things. Um, so this is one of my favourite things. So this is a um, a storybook. Um, and in the cover of the storybook, there is um, carrot seeds. So once you've finished reading the story, you just tear off the cover of the book and you can plant that and the carrot seeds are nicely spaced apart in the paper and they will they will come up so you literally just bury the cover of the book and the back cover for that matter and um and up will come carrots and of course the paper gradually rocks away and lets the carrots get on with their um business but i, I think it's a really sweet little gift for kids and sort of double use thing so you still get once you've taken the cover off you've still got the story um underneath and these are all um these are all made by a printing company that sort of thought what else could we do other than just print books and uh, they came up with this idea and i think it's rather cute so these always popular i think and funny enough even at times like easter they sold very well where people wanted alternatives to chocolate um for kids that's a very cute carrot on the front cover as well (laughs) He is a very cute carrot, isn't he? <laughs> and then another thing which I take along to the fairs and things with me is these little um, croppets and croppets, which are where you get a packet of seeds and then you get some nice coloured twine to tie them up with. And again, just as a little stocking filler gift, these are very popular. So I've got, this is a nice red uh, sunflower, but there's also... Um, sweet peas and French beans and tomatoes and things like that. But again, for for children, that's a nice little thing to have that they can look forward to doing perhaps in March or April and getting their first crop of sunflowers. I think Lovely. that's probably many people's first um, first thing, isn't it, that they ever grow as a sunflower? Yeah, and then, that's already into gardening. 
One last thing, which is more just to get your opinion on as um, as gardeners, is I have been working on a um, a planting trowel, a little bit like the one that um, Mr. Don uses, and this is the prototype of it. Mm. So it's the it's based on a sort of Dutch um, planting trowel. So it's got that it's got a flat profile like that, and it's designed to be used more this way than like a trowel that we would normally use it with a bit of a longer handle. But that, that's very interesting. That longer handle because that gives you a greater um, um, prizeability, if you know what I mean. Yes. And I also think exactly. that the straight the straight blade is very good for making a nice edge to your your planting holes. Yes. And I've been reading somewhere the other day that if you make a square planting hole, um your plant's roots will go out even better. Now is that's a load of old tosh, I don't know. I've had this before. I, yes, I have too. I yeah. think it's something to do with corners, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's very corner. <laughs> well it's something to do with the round edges they go round and round whereas if they get kind of hit with a corner they're more likely to branch and yes go off in different directions thank you from our resident scientist Thought i think you're right here, maria fredrickson <laughs> <laughs> not so much not very scientific but yeah i think i think it probably is true so yeah bring on the nice flat sharp Tool. Yes. Well, oh, this will be really the spring good. if I if I go ahead with it. But um, I just was really interested to see what you thought. Is that in production? It will. I, as soon as Christmas is over, I will. Um, I will get it going. But it's um, and it will definitely be at your next plant fair, Alan. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but yes, I'm. I I'm quite pleased with it. But it's it's interesting because. You know, there are some tools that people look at and they think, oh, I don't know what I would do with that. And I I, I wonder whether this might be one of them. But um No, not definitely not. No, good. No, I've got some I've got some old old trowels that shape with that shape blade on them. And they, they come in varying lengths, but not as long as your handle, I don't think. Um, but they are extremely useful and they're very easy to use. Yes. I think we're so used to trials having that sort of but you know, a slight, um, opposite, well, more of a curved profile that for them to be flat is unusual. My yeah. understanding is that when they plant up Kuchenhof, um, the, the famous sort of tulip bulb um, display in the Netherlands, they use these styles of trowels and they literally just do that and pop the bulb in. And it's a constant, you can see, you can see how easy yeah. it would be once yeah. you got into the rhythm of it. But it's very simple. It's a very similar shape to some of the spades that they used throughout the Fenland. And they were known there as strawberry or cabbage spades. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very flat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So that was my little, so I won't bore you with those, because obviously I can spout about, about gardening products until the cows come home, really. But, um, hopefully one? there are some things there that uh, that will um, pique people's imagination or interest. So <laughs> what we should say is for anyone who spent the entire podcast gazing longingly at what you're wearing, that isn't yet available. No, this is the prototype of my um, new gardening smock, which um, I'm road testing now. I have to say it's very warm. It, it's doing very well. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wear it at Sissinghurst and see how warm it keeps me. But yes, I'm I'm hoping to get these made in the UK so that um, 
Like give some of some local businesses some some decent business. Oh, and, that's admirable. Um, well done. And uh, yeah, so I've got a few nice little. So it's got a nice little tan reverse on the collar and and lots of useful pockets. So um, yes, I think I did put a picture on Instagram a little while ago of it. But um, hopefully, this will be something new for the spring as well. Hey, Fordis here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening and we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time.